1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is breaking news from 97.3 The Fan.
2: Indeed, there is some breaking news. Jim Harbaugh has accepted the head coaching job as... Excuse me, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, wow. It comes as a surprise to me. Really? Chris and I thought that they would somehow mess this up. <laughs> but right,
3: they, they still did not. can. They, that's still true. Can.
2: They, well, we thought they would mess up the hiring process. Well, they've it's gotten true. through that part. How does now head coach? I don't believe they have a GM at this point. They don't. They just fired their GM. So this is still a, a a work in progress. You hire a GM that maybe Jim doesn't like, then that's not going to happen. It's not going to go well.
4: He's going to have you got to think, think he's going to he, have say. You think that he has say? There's no way he takes this job not knowing he's going to work with. Yeah, I'm just true. sad that he's going to be uh, in the NFL. He's going to be another head coach. I thought he was just going to go down as the 49ers head coach only, but it didn't happen that way. Yeah. He said he didn't want to ever come back to the NFL.
2: Well, that's how bad he hated San Francisco when he was there.
4: He was ready. I mean, he just took him to three straight NFC championships. And he
2: hated every moment of it. It was pushed him all the way back to college. He pushed him, Yes, to a great position in college. He found a better job in
4: college. And I mean, now he's leaving that job for a different NFL job. Well, one of my friends texted me who hates Jim Harbaugh and said he's just looking to get out to so he doesn't face sanctions. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean anything's possible. Anything is possible. I, I, I think uh, this is a good.
2: If we're being honest, this is a good hire for
4: the Chargers. It is.
2: I, I now, can everybody get out of the way and let Jim coach and whoever the GM is be the GM? We'll see. I'll tell you,
4: Jim will let you know if you're in his. You way. told us about that. Yes, he, he did does not and, uh, take was it, anything. Was it York? Jed York? Yeah, yes. they didn't.
2: They didn't uh, see eye to eye. No,
4: he would ask him to leave team meetings, and he would kind of. I can't I, f- I just
2: hope that yeah. uh if that is true, I hope Jim has matured a little bit. Certainly isn't kicking out his boss. You know, the boss kinda gets to free land he free free uh he can go free access to to the place.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, he he's unless may- unless
2: of course you know, York was in there, like, trying to call plays or something. They no, York was definitely not doing that. Trying to kick but him out, they
4: but. did butt heads because Jim Harbaugh does do it a certain way, and it rubs people the wrong way. That's why there was rumors when he left the 49ers that he was more suited to be a college coach because the player turnover is is faster. So he, he like, grinds these guys down, and they in college they leave, and so he gets a new kid to grind down. So they thought maybe that kind of cycle was for, was. What he wants or what he should want.
2: Well, if you're the Chargers, you don't care what it looks like. You just want it to be different than it has been for your organization. So we'll see um, exactly how that goes. We've got a Quinn versus the fans here 833 288 0973. We got some contestants, great? We do. We're ready. Let's get to
3: it. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human
1: almanac himself, Mm, mm, mm. now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize.
3: Well, I hope you know what you're in for. Gwen versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan.
4: All right, second day in a row that Tony is taking over for Mr. L.O., and I will read some rules real quick. You have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get it wrong and Tony gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Tony gets it wrong, you move on to the next question, or you win. If you're a first-time player! Sorry. Was <laughs> I knew, I, I, knew I was going to spring that on you. Uh, just let us know before the first question, you will get that free Today, now I have to read the prize, which will be. You want me to read it for you, man? That's okay. I got it. You you, 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 it? you eat your candy or whatever. I don't have any candy. I, I don't, don't have any candy. Oh, today. You're just hitting a piece of paper. I'm just I'm being a just, hater.
2: Yeah, I'm just folding paper right now.
4: If you win this, you will be qualified for a grand prize, two tickets to Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns on April 11th and a two-night stay at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Get ready for an electrifying night of rock and roll as two iconic bands, Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns, come together to perform live on April 11th, 2024 at the Westgate National Theater at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. I feel like... That sentence was in there twice, but okay. Get tickets now at ticketmaster.com. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations, home of legendary Vegas fun. Just
2: for your own conscience. It wasn't this you didn't read the same sentence over. It was just Westgate International.
4: Ah. And then Westgate Ticket uh, Westgate Theater. You know, just just be Ron Burgundy, Scraby, and just read it and move on. Don't question things. That
2: could get you into trouble too. Just yeah. just ask me. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get to our first contestant today. Let's go to Daniel and Ramona. What's, What's up, up, Daniel? Daniel, are you there? Daniel, hey. oh, Hello? he's there. there hey, he is. are you there? What's You're up, there? Daniel? Okay, you ready? Yep. All right. Sounds good. Here we go. You had one button. shot I know, one I know, no but I'm not going to even make an excuse. I will take it. Will take <laughs> uh, response. User error. Did you say first time player? Yeah, first time player. First, first
3: time, time player! player.
4: All right, here we go. Question number two. <laughs> Farmers Insurance Open started today out at Torrey Pines. What golfer won the Farmers Insurance Open last oh year? Oh my lord. Shoffley. Shoffley. Is <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm not. I mean, Tony may pull this out. I'm. Just, I'm really not sure. It's my guy, Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> Your guy, Scotty Scheffler, did not win last year. It was Max Homa. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Max Homa. He's a. He's a. He's a fun dude. He's a good follow on Twitter. Wasn't he likes that, to make fun. of not that himself. like
2: a? Wasn't there like something? crazy that happened when he won it here? Did he hit like a long putt or something, or
4: was that a different tournament? They all blend together yeah, to be that, honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Alright, Daniel, here we go. Question number three, you get this right, Tony gets it wrong, and you are qualified for Las Vegas. What running back led the NFL in average rushing yards per game this season? <laughs> what running back led the NFL in average rushing yards per game this season? Sorry, say that again, Daniel. Uh, McCaffrey. Oh, McCaffrey. You know, it's not the right answer, but you are correct. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I was about to say, <laughs> what? That is not right.
4: Uh, stay right there. I feel like from Tony's body language, he knows this one, and I'm sorry if he does. I believe that was Kyron Williams. My trick pl- my trick play didn't yeah, work. That's my best Chris Ello impression right there. I'm sorry, Daniel. Thank you for playing. Good playing. Um, yes, Kyron Williams, even though he missed games, he had uh, the most average rushing yards per game in the NFL. I think it was by like maybe 90-something.
2: I don't remember what it was, but I definitely remember seeing his name at the top.
4: Yeah, I do remember him winning a fantasy football championship for me this year. So to this guy. Two, 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 got a whole other year of this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Neil. What's up, Neil? Neil. What is going on with the phones today? I feel like something's happening here. Let's go to Matt and Lakeside. Matt. Matt, what's going what's up, on? Guys? Uh okay, How It's are not you? the phones. It's not the phones. Good,
5: how you doing? Pretty doing good. Well, brother.
4: Ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Some more golf questions. If you get a awesome. birdie on a par four, what is your score for that hole?
5: Uh, minus three. Oh, sorry. You get minus one for a birdie on a par. But on a par you four. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> you know I, what you're
4: talking about. You could have got a bunch of different ways there. Well, No. If you get a birdie it's on a, a, three, a par right? four, what is your score? He said minus three, but that's not – it's three. It's just three. But we're not going to – Chris gotcha. isn't here, so I'm going to be nice. Good. Okay. All right, here we go. Question number two. Good job. It's map Power right now. Uh. D'Amico Ryan's played for the Texans, and what other team? Uh, Eagles. The Eagles is
5: correct. Nice wow, job.
4: Nice job. I don't even remember him playing for I the Eagles. I remember him playing for the Eagles. I knew the Texans had no idea about the Eagles. Wow. Okay, Matt, you're on to question number three. You get this right. Tony gets it wrong. You're qualified for that trip to Las Vegas. Here we go. This one came to me during the break because I saw it on Sports Center. If Jim Harbaugh can win a Super Bowl with the Chargers now that he's the head coach reportedly... He will be the fourth coach to win a Super Bowl and a college national championship. Name the other three coaches.
5: Ooh, Jimmy a... Johnson. Okay. Uh, Barry Switzer. Okay. Um, Pete Carroll.
2: Wow! Nice job. I can't. Oh, that
5: is
4: incredible. Matt, you need to stay on the line, bro, because that was. That nice might be work, some of the Matt. best playing we've had in a while. Matt is definitely a lover of sports. Yes, you, yeah. You, you I gotta d- ask. Let's, let's let's ask Matt. How how did you know that
5: so well? I guessed on the um, Barry Switzer. I knew he won a Super Bowl. Oklahoma and then won. Pete Carroll came to me at the last second. Nice job. I wasn't job. sure though because because of uh, the Reggie Bush scandal. I don't know if you are going to give me that one. Oh no! Uh-oh. You got it.
4: You got it, brother. That was good. That yeah, really I am not going to take away his Heisman for. Ridiculous stuff. Or national championships. Or things that
2: they're, that's legal now. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well,
4: Matt, very nice game. Uh, that would have been a nice game against anyone. So stay right there. I'm going to get your information in the break.
2: Nice job. Uh, once again, Chargers have a new head coach, Jim Harbaugh. Last was in the NFL for, with the San Francisco 49ers.
3: Got to what you say, three, two Super Bowls. No, we went one to Super Bowl, one Super Bowl against NFC his brother, the
4: Harbowl, in 2012. They lost to the Ravens, but he went to three NFC championships. The first one was against the Giants. Oh, he lost to the Seahawks, too, huh? He, he did, he did. Uh, that was the
5: Crabtree. Yeah,
4: <laughs> who's talking about you? Crabtree.
5: When Richard Sherman
4: lost his mind, that was, uh, I think
2: you know. He's set up to have some success, at least from a roster standpoint. You already have your quarterback. You don't you have, have to. Yeah. You don't have to. That's usually the biggest lift that you have as a head oh, coach yeah. is finding a franchise quarterback. In this case, he, he he's walking into a place with a franchise quarterback. You're likely going to have to get a new running back because Eckler's probably yep. out of there. Good point. I think. Keenan gonna, Allen's getting up I there. I was just getting ready to say you probably have to start looking to upgrade. The wide receiver. And it's not that Keenan isn't still productive because he's still very yeah. highly productive, but you know that that cliff, you have to, let me say this, you have to anticipate that the cliff is coming. Yeah. Uh, Mike, was, Mike, Mike Williams, Williams has
4: not been able to stay healthy. I can't no. recall one year yet. Quinn Johnson, full he's too young and he's still got some he's years still to learning. grow.
2: Defensive side, I think you still pretty set. You still got Mac. You yeah. still got Bosa. You got James in the in the uh in, in just, the secondary yep. mm-hmm. secondary. You got you drafted the kid from USC that was really good for the last year in the line. So you you
4: got he's got some pieces to work with. I think that's why he wants that job. Yeah, because he was also Adam Klug. Our boss was texting me after it all happened. He's kind of sad. Sorry, Adam. He Falcons. Wanted- have to wait there, buddy. Well, he wanted Jim Harbaugh for the Falcons head coach. I guess he was supposed to do an interview in Atlanta, a second it. interview, but he canceled because obviously he was doing the final preparations with the Chargers. But uh, Adam is now saying he wants Ben Johnson or he wants who um, Mike Vrabel.
2: As we heard from Brett Sebleski, it sounds like there's a split camp in, in Atlanta. There's a camp for Belichick. And there's a camp for I don't think it's either of those two ca- candidates, according to Brent Sabletsky. Who's the other camp? It was for? it was a yo- the youngest. Uh, it would be he said there would be a camp for the oldest coach if he takes over would be the oldest coach in the NFL, and a camp that if this guy takes over I can't remember what his name he said would be the youngest coach in the NFL. So I Co- can tell I can yeah. t- I can tell you this I know whose camp. Sorry, I know whose camp is going to win this. Who's camp? Bill Belichick? No, the camp that has Arthur Blank in it. Which is Bill Belichick, right? Which which is the owner, which is the Bill Belichick camp. My guess is he's going to win out if he presses hard enough. Now, he may come to the conclusion that, you know what, let me take a step back. I don't know as much as these guys do, but in my experience... Owners have a hard time doing that.
4: Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, Matt on the chat makes a really good point about the Chargers that, you know, Tom Telesco's gone. They have to find a GM. Now they have a head coach. But Jim Harbaugh and the, and the Chargers are going to have to navigate a $53 million over the cap line right now. Yeah. That's quite heavy. <laughs> so maybe yeah, so Tom Telesco's like, peace it's, out, it's, Chargers. It's a
2: good thing they have the players already in tow because they certainly ain't going to be able to add too much. So No, no. We'll certainly see how uh, that one kind of unfolds. No GM. I always thought hiring a head coach or a manager or whatever in any sport before there is a GM, it can cause some weird things to happen.
4: Well, there's. It, it's they're tied to this person, right, and right. so if you don't go into the quote unquote marriage wanting to marry that person, then it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, let's get to break. Morgan and Chris on the way. here, some traffic. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Taking care of biz. Aztecs taking on Utah State. Out in Logan, Utah. We often talk on this show, especially during baseball season, talk about pitchers and more specifically, Chris talks about pitchers not being able to go more than five. It's kind of uh, the new pitching.
4: I remember when they pitched (laughs) 22 innings in a game.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) our Chris L. impersonator, (laughs) Matthew Scraby. Uh, No, and, and, you know, some of these guys now are coming, are are now transitioning from being player to coach. Chris Archer, the guy who had a lot of success in the league but was probably – uh, curtailed by injuries. He wasn't able to really live to that full potential, but he, he clearly was a guy in this league for, for a few years. He's now on the other side, and uh, he was on a podcast with uh, A.J. Pruszynski, and apparently they had had a conversation about guys getting to five innings and you know the mentality. Brought this clip. Uh, it's about a minute-long clip. I want you guys to listen to it. We'll, we'll talk about it on the other end.
3: Of
4: like scripting the game, only letting pitchers go five innings. So if you change your tune now and you're more of an analytics guy, where oh, starters can only go five innings.
5: This is what I'll say about that. If my guy, the guy that's on the mound, does not want to go further than that, I don't really want him on the mound. So I want all my guys to have that mentality, even if we don't think that's the right move. May cause a little friction, but I'd rather my guy be out there and be a dog than be like, Mm, I'm good with this. Of my shortness and starts was due to health. 2022 was a struggle. The first half I felt really, really good, but uh, the second half was was a big, big struggle. And I hadn't pitched hardly for the previous two seasons. You know, in the moment, yeah, of course, I want to get, I want to squeak as many outs as I possibly can. Especially, I had like four straight seasons where I averaged 200 innings. So, like. I know how valuable that can be but there's there's limitations and it kind of showed up for for both of us Dylan Bundy and, and uh, it kind of showed up that being removed a little earlier probably was the best for the team even though we we hated it we wanted to be out there and you know I know Bundy specifically got into it with some different people on the staff but it was it was like healthy Because it's like, all right, Bundy, I love the fact that you want the ball. Rather err on the side of delusional confidence than being super insecure.
2: And and therein lies the problem, right? It's one thing to, as an organization, want a guy or want to keep an eye on a guy and not let him go too far. Um, The numbers, the analytics will tell you for this specific guy that as he starts to get beyond that, fifth inning, things can go a little left. But for the player, and I think this is the point Chris Archer was making, is that your mentality can't change though. The the coaching staff and the organization, they're going to do what they have to do, but you mentally have to have the mindset of, I'm going as long as possible. And I think that's hard when you're in the minor leagues and you're being trained in a way that, you know, You know, you're coming out after five.
4: Does he, is he kind of alluding to that pitchers want to come out after five now? He's, no. I think what he's, you know, the question was
2: posed to him by AJ Przinski. Clearly, they were teammates at one time. And there was clearly a conversation about what he thought about five innings and guys pitching longer. And I think AJ was AJ Pro, or AJ Pruszynski was giving him, a, you know, a,
4: you know, he was nudging get, him, nudging a, little him a little bit. Like that was fun, you're
2: with the Dodgers now. We know how they do things. Are you saying your you, you, your your tune has changed? <laughs> and I think Archer was making the point that although he recognizes that it may be smarter uh, and give a set a guy up for more success, pulling him out early, the pitcher himself has to have the mindset. Nine, I'm going nine. And listen, the 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 guy who comes to mind immediately was the young man, George from, Kirby, from that's from, who I was from, just from the, thinking from of, from the Mariners. Just thinking of him. Remember when they had that? He ended up apologizing for it. Yeah, but
4: he was like, I did not want to be his, out there.
2: Clearly, his mindset in that moment when the when when their skipper left him out there was, I shouldn't be out there. Do you think you're gonna get big league big league hitters out? No, doing with that mindset, not at all. And so you have to start wondering: Is it harder for guys to have that mindset when, it, all the way up through the system, you're kind of, you're not kind of, you're you're being you know limited?
4: Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair. These are worry. humans we're talking about. Yeah, it, you're condition. They're conditioning to do a certain thing, and then when you remove that, it puts you out of your element. Now
2: Archer, when he came up, he came up at a different time. They weren't selling the. You know, get out five innings, whatever it is. We we want to preserve you. We want to keep you healthy. By the way, there's been no evidence that health has been on the other end of these short outings. Guys continue to get hurt every single year. That would be interesting to just, like see it an would be. Study. It would be. I don't know if anybody's going to actually do that study.
4: <laughs> That's a hard study to figure out.
2: I mean, but it just brings up a, a, a very interesting a conversation that we have year in and year out with pitchers now.
4: Well. We've talked about it before where pitchers now, maybe the starters may be getting tired or getting some guys on base, and so the manager stands on the top step. That changes their entire mindset sometimes. When, okay, one more bad pitch, manager's coming to get me. Yeah, but that's always been the
2: case, though. I mean, you still have to earn your way into those deep innings. Like, if you're not pitching well, you're, the manager's going to be at the top step. He's going to be getting that, get, picking up that phone, calling down to that bullpen. That's just... That's always been the case. But at least we've seen guys have great outings through five, and then all of a sudden the sixth inning, and they're already out. Yeah. And it may not have anything to do with the player. But I just thought that was interesting. Chris it Archer is. now on the other side of that, having to kind of negotiate that thought process. And it, it, I think he's settled on, as long as you have the mentality that you're going longer, he admitted there's going to be some friction because there are certainly guys are like, you're 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 limiting me. I don't like it, and there's gonna be pushback. And sometimes that pushback can be uncomfortable. But as a manager, as a coach, as an organization, you kinda of have to do what you think is best um in order to keep that player upright.
4: I just wanna see him go out there and nine innings every every start for everybody. Just keep going.
2: Yeah, that would be um Reminiscent of the
4: 80s and 90s. And Nolan Ryan was, like, pitching 15 <laughs> innings or something. You know what I saw? I saw a, a quote. Uh, we don't really have time for it right now, but it was basically about how inning stats don't matter anymore. Yeah. Well, we got to get to break because Yes. Uh, we have Big Five.
2: Yeah. On the other end, we're going to Christmas week T-Mobile has invested billions
3: to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
4: A slow, slow news day. I still found some great big five topics to Really talk slow about. news day. Really slow news day. Uh, well, Just let's make get... up some stuff, Scrape. Oh, I can easily do that. Number yeah. five. We're going to be talking about... Um, Two NFL stories, and it's not really about anything that happened on the field. So that's the kind of big five we're getting today. But let's start with this one. Another one bites the dust that I'm talking about. Free agents with a name in baseball. Reese Hoskins has signed with the Brewers, and now the Padres are still looking to bolster their roster. But I think this is the reason they didn't sign him. He got a contract for two years and $34 million. So even I can do the math. That's $17 million a year. Chris, do you think that's too much, too little, or about right for him? No, that's what it's costing.
3: Obviously, I mean, I I, I was a little bit hurt by this one because I felt like if the Padres were going to make one, you know, one more splash before the season, this was going to be it. Maybe Reese Hoskins. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Padres. You could, you know, put him in at first base, DH. It would give you the ability to trade Hassan Kim. I, I thought this was the last chance that we had for the Padres to let us know that they were going to be spending a little bit more money. And I think the fact that Reese Hoskins is off the board uh, just kind of tells us, I guess, what we already knew, is that the Padres are going to have to be a little more careful with their spending. And, you know, it's frustrating to a certain extent after all the money they spent last year, but I certainly understand it. Uh, you've had the passing of Peter Seidler. I mean, I, I think that all of that just kind of goes together, and you put it all together, and the Padres are going to have a little different makeup this year, which is okay. But it just—I think this clinches the fact that they're not going to spend, you know, make a big splash anywhere.
4: Uh, Tony, do you think for Reese Hoskins, it's too much, too little, or about right? And how does that relate to the Padres?
2: I think it's uh, about right. Um, Listen, I think we often just get caught up in the fact that the Padres have not moved at the pace that they moved in the previous years. And and I think it's important to keep in mind. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, Scrape. The Padres are trying to avoid the 50% tax for being over the threshold three years in a row. If they stay under this year... They reset the clock, then I wouldn't be surprised if they spend again. And, you know, will they spend at the level they were spending? I, I don't know that, but um, I don't necessarily think this is about the Padres tightening their belt. I think it's more of a strategic move, as we saw the Dodgers do the year before, where they basically set out a free agency, reset their clock. And then, you know, they spent over a billion dollars this year. Now, I'm not saying the Padres are going to spend over a billion dollars <laughs> next year, but there is, you know, you have to have some discipline in terms of how you're spending in order to avoid being penalized for it. And I think the Padres, that's that's the kind of approach they're taking right now.
4: All right. Number four. The Portland Blazers, that was really hard for me to say apparently, Portland Trailblazers. But it
3: also sounded like when you said, all right, on the last one, that you were a little bit forlorn with that.
4: Forlorn? (laughs) Yes.
3: You sounded a little sad, like, you know what? You're right. right. We have to just accept it. Uh, All
4: right. Man, you know me way too well because that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. I said it last night. If we're talking about Noah Syndergaard as our big splash, we're kind of in trouble anyway. Let's move on. Stop. The Portland right. Trailblazers are filing a protest with the NBA to challenge the result of a 111 109 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. Now, the Blazers are contending that Coach Chauncey Billups, with a 109-108 lead, was clearly calling a timeout in the sideline before a referee whistled a double dribble on guard Malcolm Brogdon with 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter in Oklahoma City. In response, Billups reacted angrily to what he believed was a failure to honor his timeout request. He was assessed two technical fouls, including a second after marching onto the floor to argue, and then he was ejected in the final seconds of the game. So here is Chauncey Billups after the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a tough situation. You know, we got timeouts. Referees usually are prepared for that, you know, that instance, that situation. I'm at half court trying to call a timeout, you know. It's just is frustrating play. My guys play too hard for that, you know. It's a frustrating play.
4: Tony, where do you stand on this? Do you agree with Chauncey Billups? It's
2: hard to say. I certainly believe Chauncey Billups was calling timeout. If you just watch the play, you watch his body language. His reaction is of one of those who has been calling timeout and hasn't gotten it. I can't say the same for Malcolm Brogdon. Now, granted, his at some points in the video, his you can't see his mouth, but he doesn't look like a guy who's actually calling timeout until you know he got into some trouble there. Now. I think in NBA, it doesn't really matter. A, a coach can call a timeout as long as the referee hears it. Um, but, you know, the referee, you know, gets the benefit of the doubt in being able to say that he didn't hear. Now, I think Chauncey brings up a good point in his presser that, you know, these officials are trained to know, like, the spots where timeouts can come so that they'll, you know, kind of be looking for it. And, and I think ultimately Chauncey's anger... Was it so? It was also that his guy got called for a travel while he double thought he, dribble. excuse me, a double dribble, why he thought that he was calling timeout? So uh, it, it's hard to say whether Chauncey's right. I, I believe he was calling him a timeout, but the, the referee may not have heard it, unfortunately.
3: We now go to our resident referee, <laughs> Chris Sello. <laughs> well, let me first say this he's not going to win the, uh, the the uh, you know the, they're the not going to overturn the result of the game. No, yeah, he's not no. going to win that. So, he's going to lose this game. Uh secondly, let me begin by saying this. As a referee, the hardest call during a game is not a charge or a block call, which is what most people think is. The hardest thing to call is timeout when somebody's yelling at you. And you are focused on the play that is right in front of you. Right. And that is exactly what happened here. The official was looking at the play to see if there was going to be a foul, whether there was a travel, whether there might be a double dribble. Chauncey Billups was behind him. He could not see Chauncey Billups. Therefore, he did not recognize the timeout. Now, having said that, I do think the referees messed up a little bit here. And this is where Chauncey Billups' point comes into play. They are trained to look for something like this. I don't blame the official who was right on the scene for not hearing the timeout. Uh, But one of the other two guys should have been looking over at Chauncey Billups, recognizing he might want a timeout in this situation. And they could have whistled the timeout from across the floor or somewhere like that had one of those two been paying attention. The fact that they weren't paying attention is what cost the Portland Trailblazers yeah, here, great and point. cost Chauncey Billups. I, I and think one more. You know, go ahead, Connor. Oh, Chris I was, I was gonna say,
4: Chris going
2: to say, I think that is ultimately what got uh, Billups ejected because he yeah. went. He initially went at the referee that was there, but then he went at the other referees, probably making the same point that you're making, which is yeah. one of y'all should have
3: called, seen me call time out. No doubt about it, and I want to add this. As an official there, I think it was really wrong for them to give him a technical foul. You've got to understand how frustrated the guy's going to be when he's calling timeout to try to save the game, and you don't see it. Now you're giving him a technical foul for your mistake, and I don't think that's right, and I don't think Oklahoma City should have been able to shoot free throws. Now they should have got the ball, and they might have still gone down and won the game, but I think the officials did mess up here. I'm not going to stick up for them
4: entirely. Wow. All right. Good stuff. Was that a better all right, Chris, this time? Was I more excited? <laughs> you sounded a little more right. satisfied with that one. Yeah, you sounded a little more satisfied with that can move on now. Yeah. Number three. This is news we did not talk about yesterday, but I'm going to bring it up because there's a lot of conversation about Tyreek Hill and his apparent divorce that he filed on Monday. It was reported by multiple news outlets. Tony, don't give me that look. It was reported by multiple news outlets yesterday, but Tyree Hill denied it. Even though it's public record and you can look it up online, the issue here is Tyreek Hill, or sorry, I was reading way too quick. I didn't give my delivery. The issue here is Tyreek Hill is open about everything in his life. He has a podcast. He's always seeking attention. He even said he wanted to be an adult actor after his playing career. But this is off limits to him. Pro Football Talk, not me, Pro Football Talk posed this question, Chris. Can he be mad at the media for reporting on this?
3: Uh, I don't know. Is he mad at the media for reporting he's it? I mean, denying he's denying it he- on Twitter. He's denying it. That doesn't mean he's mad at the media for reporting it. I'm pretty I mean, sure it he's sounds- mad at the media. Come on. Well, look, from what, read, from what I read, from what I read, yeah, from what I read, I mean, the court filings indicate that he has filed for divorce. So I don't know you know, what he's denying if it's a matter of public record, you know, but I can also understand that in your personal business and your personal life like this, you feel some type of way when some of this stuff gets made public. But no, I don't necessarily think he has a right to be angry. He is a public figure. He is somebody that commands a lot of attention and news of him filing for divorce is going to be considered newsworthy so you know and this one tyreek you know i'm sorry that that this happened or this has come out but i don't really see any other way given the given your you know your spot in the spotlight
4: here's what he tweeted yesterday boy no the heck we didn't so don't put that in the ear we were happily married and gone gone stay that way but then you check the med- the re- not medical records, you check the records and there is a divorce petition in there. All right. Tony, does he have a right to be furious with the media for reporting on this? So <laughs> now bo- this, this is a bogus question. <laughs> this is not yeah. a bogus question, it's a great Secondly, <laughs> question. Secondly, we don't <laughs> know that
2: he's furious or even mad at the media for this from that's, that's right. Standpoint. we don't. Um, no, he's, he, well, he, he quote tweeted the newspaper that. He does, he does that say, I'm mad at you.
4: I don't think he says it like that. <laughs> have you ever heard him on his podcast?
2: <laughs> um, I'm going to say, to answer the ridiculous question, no, he has no right to be mad at the media. And to put in parentheses, he's not mad at the media. He um, is. <laughs> but no, he, well, <laughs> it's, it's obvious. It, once it becomes public record, I mean, you file for it. Now you have the right to withdraw that. Yeah, and that's guess true. what? They're going to report on that one too. So. You know, I don't think that he's mad, but, you know, maybe just trying to keep that portion.
4: My conspiracy theory about this one is that. Oh, Lord. You got a conspiracy on this? Yes. The fire that broke out of his house when the child lit something on fire was under the mother's supervision. And so. uh, That's why he's divorcing? Yeah. Because he's like, you burned a hole in my house. Yeah, I think she's here.
3: divorcing him for the way he played in the in the uh, in December and in the playoffs. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with
4: you, she was the one. Yeah, it means she could because remember she was the one telling him to get back in the game all the time. That's right. He got hurt. She got angry. Number two. The Buffalo Bills fans and organization are looking for some answers after another early playoff exit, and one of the positions with a lot of conversation around it is their kicker. Tyler Bass has been good, but he struggled mightily this season. He went 26 for 34 on field goals, including a pretty bad two for five in the postseason, though he was pretty good on extra points, 56 of 57. But Tony, when is it time to change your kicker?
2: When is it time to change? Like, do you think the Buffalo
4: kicker? Bills are going to go in a different direction after he missed eight uh, field goals this year?
2: It's a possibility. I don't, I, I, is there better kickers out there? I mean, you know, I, I
4: don't know. I don't think so. How
2: I mean, every every so often, I mean, every few years, you don't see kickers stay with the same team throughout their, of their career. I mean, even somebody like Vinatieri eventually changed, changed stripes. Yeah. Um, yeah, in case of, if we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, yes, I could see them moving on. Uh, they've they've tasted, they've gotten to this point very often, and whether Tyler Bass has been the reason or not, sometimes you can just get caught up in in change, and maybe that's where that's part of the change that will happen for Buffalo. But in general, I'd say I don't know if you're a good kicker.
3: Every six years. No. Oh. Change. That's just That's a, a guess. That's a good job security just right a guess guess,
4: uh, Chris, when is it time to change your kicker, you think?
3: I think when you miss eight field goals during the course of a regular season and then miss two crucial ones in the first playoff game and miss a, a game-deciding one in the second game. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like about time to change your kicker. Now, uh, you know, I mean, this day and age in the NFL, these guys are kicking at about a 90-percentage rate. They're not missing eight field goals per year, and if they are, they're not staying on the roster. I mean, field goals have become almost automatic, and and even ones from beyond 50 yards. So, um, you know, I think the Buffalo has to look at changing their kicker now. The other thing, though, is they're going to make a big mistake if they think changing their kicker is the only, you know, <laughs> thing that ails that team. They, they, you know, they were not healthy at the end of the season defensively, and you know, I think they did better this year in the run game to help Josh Allen. But they're going to have to figure out what to do with Stephon Diggs. I mean, they completely lost this guy at the end of the year, uh, and, and he just didn't contribute, and then uh, dropped the big pass in the in the in the playoff game. So. Buffalo has, you know, more problems than just their kicker, and and so that's what, you know, they have to come to grips with that.
2: You know, I just want to say this about Steph Diggs and and Josh Allen. They've been relatively quiet, really, since the very beginning of the season when there was some um, talk of there being some type of dysfunction between the two. Now, Diggs didn't go over 100 yards, but he still had a hundred plus catches. So although the yardage may not have been there, which might be the bigger issue than the issue everybody's making the personalities, it may be that Stefan is is having to re reinvent himself because, you know, separation may not be the thing that he can get as much anymore, which may be why he had a ton of catches and very little yards. Or I shouldn't say very little. Not the average yards per catch that we're used to seeing. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, my guess is if they decide to move on, it'll be more because of that than any of the stuff that we're talking
4: about. Tony just said he lost a step. I like that. I mean, oh, I that, was trying to set you up to like, you know, make. That's fun what of happens. Me, but... That's yeah. what
3: happens to all players when they I wind know. up on my fantasy oh, roster. Oh, I didn't
4: know that. They all lose a that. step. Yes. Well, he still was pretty good for you because in a PPR league, he's cleaning catches. up. But he's he not-
3: did, but I will tell you, the last month he was uh, very, very ineffective. So you know, we'll see. Next year, gonna draft, next year, I'm going to draft. Next year, I'm going to draft all 49ers, Scraby, so
4: that you won't your your NFL team will fail miserably. I don't like to hear that. By the way, number one, <laughs> do not draft any of them. We talked about Jason Kelsey being one of the highlights of the Bills-Chiefs game on Sunday night. He was having a good old time shirtless and drunk during the game. You guys see him take a shot out of the bowling ball uh, with the Bills-Mafia. That was pretty fun. I've never done that. That's something I can't mark off my drinking bucket list is taking a shot out of a bowling ball. Anyway, some people were not as big of fans as we were of his afternoon. The critics say "Oh God, he should have stayed out of the spotlight and that he just wanted attention here. I don't think that's true. I'm sure Jason Kelsey gets plenty of attention. But Chris, do you have any issues with this fun on Sunday? Absolutely not. It was. Uh, I enjoyed the
3: fact that he stepped in front of Taylor Swift several times.
4: <laughs> Spare
3: us from. No, I'm just. I'm. You know, look. I, he was having a good time. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, we're we're allowed to have a good time in this life and not be criticized for it, or shouldn't be criticized for it. And, you know, I mean, was was John Harbaugh trying to take away from Jim Harbaugh's spotlight? When he came over and gave him a hug on the sidelines during the national honestly. championship of course you game, did, I thought I
4: did. It was so random that he ran up to no. him in the random middle of his game. brother in the middle it's of a-, a game. Get out of here! You Scraby. think Jim Harbaugh I mean- would run up to John in the middle of the game and be like, "Hey, buddy, good luck." Well, he was at the game the other day, and they did show in a shot of him up,
3: well, yeah, up in the box and then down to on be, the field after the game. I To be fair, look, Jim so, has never
2: won anything prior to no. that. Uh, John has the big dog stats; He can walk
3: on the field. He's right. a Super Bowl
2: champion.
4: All right. Don't yeah, you forget. I,
3: I, I had no problem with this, Gravy. We should be able to have fun. Jason Kelsey was having fun. That's that's good by me.
4: I will say I saw a funny tweet and it was meant in fun. But they said when I do this, it's time to go home. When Jason Kelsey does this, it's celebrated. Hey, Super Bowl champ, baby! Um,
2: I think it was hilarious. He wasn't a champ,
4: though. Yes,
3: yes, he was. He won. Ah, uh,
2: dang He's it! He's been a Super Bowl champ champion. Scrape. Sorry, but uh, I think it was hilarious, and I. Apparently, he was told by his wife that he better not do this. He, he made it known to his wife oh, that yes. he was going to end up shirtless yeah, uh, at some point in his yeah, game, and yeah. just to be prepared. Now, she threatened that he better not, and he was like, I wasn't really asking permission. I'm just it's letting you know it's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, I love it. It's just the, he, he made the point to his wife that... You know, I he was passed out when he first met her. He's talking about first impressions with oh, Taylor wow. Swift. So th- this is kind of this is kind of the Jason Kelsey kind
4: of charm, if you will. I, I kind of love it that yeah. he just didn't care that he was meeting Taylor Swift for the first time. He was just doing well, that his was thing. the thing.
2: His wife he said, "Hey, we're meeting Taylor. Do not embarrass me." He was like, "Well, I was passed out drunk the first time I met you, so." Man, that's well, story his daughter and Jason.
3: Yeah, Jason Kelsey's daughter had the best line of all. Yes, yeah, she did. When she said, hey, my I can see my daddy's boobies. Better put them away.
4: <laughs> that was pretty good. It seems like they have a fun family. All right, yeah. that's it for the Big Five. When we get back, we're going to recap you on the biggest news of the day. We've still got to find some, Tony. We'll talk still about searching. it. Still searching. 97.3 The Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,